today we're going to talk about jaundice. It's a big, big topic. So let's start with what is jaundice? I'm going to talk about that. Okay, so jaundice is when a baby's skin starts to get yellow after they're born, right? Almost every baby, more than 80% of babies will have a level of jaundice within the first few days of life. So for those first time moms, you may not really know what jaundice is, or you might've heard about, oh my gosh, my baby was jaundice and I had to stay in the hospital, or when you were born, you were jaundice and everyone was concerned about it. So jaundice is not a big concern most of the time. If we're talking about healthy, full-term babies that are 80, uh, 38 weeks, 83 weeks, but that would just be terrible. <laughs> Okay, 38 weeks or older, right? So we're talking about full-term babies and babies that are born without any medical conditions, right? I'm not talking about preterm babies. I'm not talking about babies that have liver problems at birth. I'm just talking about your basic low-risk, healthy babies that are born, which are most of the babies that we see here, and this jaundice situation. Jaundice is a yellowing of the skin. And when a baby starts to get jaundice, what happens is they're born, right? And they go, wah, 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 and they pterodactyl cry, and they make all those sounds, and they get lots of oxygen. And sometimes they need a little bit of extra oxygen when they're born, and so maybe there's been a little bit of um, help with their breathing, or they've been given supplemental oxygen or something, but they have lots of oxygen when they're born. So the babies are super well oxygenated. Bilirubin is the thing that breaks down in the red blood cells that is actually an antioxidant. So it's quite healthy for the baby to have a certain degree of bilirubin circulating. It's normal and again more than 80% of babies within the first week of life will have a certain level of bilirubin. The bilirubin is what causes jaundice. Jaundice is the condition of the yellowing. The bilirubin, what happens is those red blood cells break down in normal newborns, the red blood cells break down and they get stored in the liver and the kidneys. And especially with delayed cord cutting, right? Babies have a lot of red blood cells, hopefully. And as those red blood cells break down, they get stored in the liver and the kidneys. And since newborns don't pee and poop a lot because the volume that they're intaking all that colostrum isn't copious, right? So they're not taking in lots of volume. They don't poop and pee a ton. We expect one wet and poopy diaper per day of life until your milk comes in. So for the first 24 hours of life, we're only expecting this baby to poop maybe one time and have a little bit of scant pee, right? Just a little bit of urine. So the way that the babies metabolize the bilirubin is by peeing and pooping it out, right? So when it gets stored in the liver and the kidneys, there's a pigment to the bilirubin that starts to turn the skin a little bit yellow. And the way jaundice works is it starts from the top of the head and the yellowing works its way down the body. Hopefully it doesn't get past the nipple line. And then as it goes away, it goes away from the bottom to the top. So the first thing you may notice with your baby after from 24 hours on. So there are three types of jaundice or three types or hyperbilirubinemia is the medical term, but in your world, you're probably gonna hear the term jaundice. So there are three types of jaundice. There's pathological jaundice. That's the jaundice that starts before the first 24 hours, like within the first 24 hours of life, right? That's pathological jaundice. Your baby should not be yellow within those first few hours of life. Not normal, 
there might be something going on and that would be assessed right away. I personally have never had a baby that had pathological jaundice at birth, right? I've never seen a baby before they were discharged here being yellow or yellow within the first 24. So um, I don't have a statistic for you on how common that is, but in my practice, I've never seen it. So um, it's probably not that common, but I can't pull up a statistic for you off the top of my head. The most common is physiological jaundice. And that's the jaundice that we're gonna talk about today. That's the one when we start to look at a baby and after the first 24 hours, they start to get yellow, like here, like between the eyebrows, you can start to see when they cry, they'll furrow their brow and you'll see a little bit of yellow and then their brow will release and then you won't see it anymore. But if you were to press on their forehead, you would see a little bit of yellow. And then you start to see it at the tip of their nose and you see it around their mouth. You also see the whites of their eyes, right? So the yellow starts from the top of the head and it starts to work its way down after that first 24 hours. And you may see it at the chin and then you'll start to see it on the trunk. And now we're into day two, maybe day three, and it shouldn't get much lower than, like I said, the nipple line. It's unusual for you to start seeing yellow around the umbilicus, right? Or into the arms or into the legs. But mostly, again, it starts at the brow, works its way to the nose, the whites of the eyes, around the mouth, that's really normal. We hear about jaundice a lot in the hospitals and it's something that um, is appropriate to be checking for, for sure. So I'm gonna give you some numbers to kind of dispel this fear around hyperbilirubinemia and jaundice. So pathological jaundice before the first 24 hours. Physiological jaundice, more than 80% of babies will have this within the first week of life. It's totally normal. That happens after 24 hours and it will last for about three, four, generally peaks like day four, and then it will start to come down. So um, what do we do if we have a baby with jaundice? How do you know if your baby needs to be treated if they're saying to you at whatever facility you're delivering in, oh my gosh, the baby has jaundice, we have to get lights on the baby, um, you're not making enough breast milk, you know, all those fears that start to happen. So what you wanna know is that at the 24 hour mark, if your baby's being checked for bilirubin, sometimes they'll do an actual blood draw and they're looking at serum bilirubin. Sometimes they have something called a subcutaneous, it's like a light that they, they sweep across the forehead that can give them an indicator. Some of our pediatricians can just tell by poking and pressing. That's how we check here because I don't have that fancy sub-Q light and um, I'm not in the business of poking babies and submitting their blood specimens for bilirubin. I can pretty much tell by how I'm, what a baby looks like and how the baby is nursing. So at the 24 hour mark, we want that bilirubin to be 12 or below. And that's just something to make a note of. This is, you can always call the, the birth center because what we also have, there's an app and you could download this app actually. And it's called um, Billy Calculator. And I have an iPhone and I have a Billy Calculator. It's called Billy Tool is what it's called. And what you can do with this Billy Tool, it's really useful. It's um, when you open it up, it is how to translate these numbers that they might be telling you about in the hospital. So it just gives you some information and helps you be well informed. And so you put the age of the baby from 18 hours to 168 hours. So you always wanna know when they did the, either the blood draw or they did that sub-Q test and they tell you that your baby's bilirubin is whatever number, 
you want to know exactly how many hours old your baby is. So you put that in there and then you put the number in there that they're telling you. So they're saying it is 11 and you have a 23 hour old baby. And it will tell you if I do 23 hours and I have a total serum, total bilirubin of 11 milligrams, I'm going to submit that and it will tell me that um, we have a baby that should, if we have a baby that's older than 38 hour, uh, 38 weeks, then we know, start phototherapy? No. Approximate threshold at 23 hours, we expect the baby to be at 11.5 when you put that in your little billy calculator. So it will tell you whether or not your baby needs phototherapy or not. Um, it'll tell you low risk, medium risk, high risk. So if we have a 38 week baby um, and we have a bilirubin of 11.5 or less, we can then have a conversation with our care providers and say, well, you know, I, I have this app and it's called a billy tool. And it says here, according to the current guidelines, that my baby is low risk and isn't at need for any phototherapy. Um, whereas if you put a number in there and it said, you know, at 24 hours or 23 hours and your baby was 14, is there a question? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Amelia said, very interesting. My only hospital baby had jaundice. I would like to know the reason behind that. I have to come back to this. Okay. Yeah. So I have to come back to this. Oh, she probably has to. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought, I thought you were saying that. Um, so, okay, so, so see, it comes back with a number and you put it in your billy tool and it comes back at high risk. Then we have some good information. We say, okay, well, what do we do with babies? Millie, I'm going to answer your question in a second. Um, but if we have a baby that has a high billy at 24 hours, what's the concern, right? The concern is that this number, we know that this number from 24 hours to, um, well, 24, 48, 60, 72. By 72 hours, we know this number is going to go up. And we want to make sure when this baby is peaking, we never want that number to be above 25, okay? 25 is like the big bad number where we know that the bilirubin can cross the blood-brain barrier and there can be some cognitive effects due to hyper, severe hyperbilirubinemia. And that is when we have the serum bilirubin above 25. So nobody ever wants this number to get above 25. So we always want to keep it down below, usually we say below 20, you know, we really like to keep it at that 20 mark. If it goes above 20, everyone starts to get a little bit nervous. Uh, but 25 is really the threshold. So what do we do when we're starting to look at these babies with bilirubin numbers that are going up? So again, 24 hours, we want it below 12 or 11.5. At 48 hours, we want it below 15. At 72 hours, we want it below 18. So did you see between 24 hours and 72 hours, or 24 hours and 72 hours, that number is trending up. That's what it's supposed to do. That's normal physiological jaundice. And the reason it's trending up is because again, the volume that the baby's intaking isn't, you know, giant amounts of colostrum. Certainly with first time mothers, physiological jaundice, we're much more aware of it because it takes longer for first time mom's milk to come in. Second time moms, their milk comes in faster, so babies are, are getting more input, therefore they're outputting better, so their numbers tend to not get as high. So we see more of this with first time babies, and we do definitely see more of this in a hospital than out of hospital. And the reason in hospital, there's a variety of reasons why we see more physiological reason for jaundice in the hospital. There's a theory 
that, um, and I don't really know, this is an interesting theory, uh, I have to look up the data on this, that babies that are given injectable vitamin K, the theory is that vitamin K takes up bilirubin binding sites, and those babies have higher levels of jaundice. Not necessarily dangerous levels, not necessarily numbers that need phototherapy, um, but certainly higher levels of jaundice. Um, a lot of pediatricians or a lot of hospital protocols, not everyone has the same numbers, the same threshold. That's why I think it's really important for families to be informed and download a tool like the Billy tool. And it's not so you can tell your doctor what to do, but it's so that you can have a conversation with your pediatrician and say, well, this is what I'm looking up and this is what the data says. Can you help, can you explain to me a little bit of why you think I need to supplement my baby or why you think the baby needs to be separated and put in a special nursery or NICU or need to stay in the hospital longer? You know, you can have a conversation with your care provider about that. So what we know is that these numbers go up we see it more frequently in first-time babies because they're not getting as much milk. So the more they input, the more they pee and poop, and the more they can metabolize that bilirubin, right? And we know that the bilirubin is going to increase from 24 hours to 72 hours. The number is going to trend up. We want to keep that number for sure below 25 at the 72-hour mark, right? Um, we want to maybe start treating this baby significantly if at 72 hours, we have a billy that's above 18, it would be appropriate to maybe do some phototherapy. Question? Yeah, that's a great question. I've got to get over here. It's quite long. Okay. All right. Holly says, I had six kids and I'm about to have my seventh and they all had high jaundice. The hospital always pushes formula over breastfeeding to help get rid of the jaundice. Why do they do this and do I have to do this? No. Um, okay. So it's very hard for me to tell you whether you have to do this or not. So the American, um, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says formula is not the first choice by a long shot. The first thing you want to do, so I'm going to break this question up. Holly, you say that the baby had high bilirubin. So I don't know what that number is. What is high? That's the first question we want to ask the pediatricians. Oh, the baby's billy is high. Okay, well, what's the number? And at how many hours old exactly was my baby when we got that number. So we can actually determine, did those babies really have high billy? They might not have had high billy and they may have had a really crazy high billy. And there are some pathological, or there are some reasons why your babies might have high bilirubin. There is something called ABO incompatibility. That's if mom is an O blood type and baby's another blood type. Those babies, if say I'm O and my son was a B positive. He did not have hyperbilirubinemia. He had a certain level of jaundice, but I was discharged and went home within like 12 hours of my delivery. And so I just breastfed the baby and it was all good. But if there's an ABO incompatibility and that baby's having a response to fighting the, the blood type, um, that can cause pathological jaundice. That would be severe and that would be something where we really want to get some fluid into this baby. And she one said of, she's O positive and the babies are all A. It doesn't necessarily mean they had an ABO incompatibility. They did a blood test on the babies at birth, and it's called a Coombs test. C-O-O-M like Mary, B like boy, S. And if that Coombs comes up positive, we know that this baby potentially is going to have a much higher level of bilirubin, and we want to really initiate breastfeeding is the first course of action. Initiate breastfeeding as soon as possible. You want eight to 12, eight to 12 feedings per 
24 hours with all babies and then it's going to help keep that bilirubin at bay. The next thing you want to do is if the baby isn't going to the breast, you want to encourage pumping and expressing and giving this baby your expressed colostrum. That is really, really, really important. And you can spoon feed, you can syringe feed, but we want to get volume into those babies. The third choice, if you can't establish breastfeeding, if you cannot express your own breast milk, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says use donor milk if you are comfortable with that. And many hospitals now are providing donor milk. Most of them are providing donor milk for our very sick babies, our super preemie babies, not our full-term babies, but you are certainly within your right to give your baby donor milk if you approve of that. So donor milk is the third choice. The fourth choice would be formula if all those other things fail. You never wanna give glucose water. That has never been, that is no longer a standard and should never be offered to your baby. Dextrose or glucose water should not be used or sterile water or anything like that. First choice, initiate breastfeeding. Eight to 12 feedings in 24 hours is the goal. If you can't initiate breastfeeding, this baby's not latching, you're going to express and spoon feed or syringe feed your baby as much colostrum as you can. You can't do that. Third choice is donor milk. Fourth choice is formula. And again, if it's 12 or less, there's low risk if we have a healthy full-term baby. At 20, Renee, I'm sorry, yeah. but because I know that you've talked about this before and because it connects so well, when we talk about giving donor milk or express milk mm -hmm. in a newborn, how much are they oh, taking in? So remember, yes, we did talk about this. So the baby's stomach capacity in the first 24 hours of life is three to five milliliters. One ounce is 30 mils. So just because the baby's jaundice doesn't mean you give them an ounce or 15 cc's per feeding. You still have to take into consideration how many hours old your baby is. So within the first 24 hours, it's three to five milliliters. The second 24 hours, the next 48 hours, now we're looking at five to seven. The third day of life, you know, seven to 15. So just because the baby has a high bilirubin doesn't mean overfeed the baby. It just means feed frequently. That's why you're doing those eight to 12 feedings in 24 hours. The, what you wanna do for these babies is feed them, and if that's not working, phototherapy. If the number is getting high, then it's appropriate to put the baby on Billy Lights. And what you need to know is that you can ask for a prescription and have the Billy Lights delivered to your home. That is very appropriate if the numbers are within the right range. If you have severe bilirubinemia, your baby's gonna be in the hospital. But if the numbers are within the range that we just talked about, um, then you can ask for those Billy Blankets to be sent home. They are portable. You can put the baby on the lights. You can nurse your baby in a Billy Blanket. So there are options. The baby does not have to stay in the hospital and the baby does not have to be separated from mom and you should not stop your breastfeeding. I hope that's helpful. Billy Tool is the app for iPhones. You can go onto the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Their new policy is up as of January, 2018. It talks about pathological jaundice, physiological jaundice, and breast milk jaundice. It talks about um, when phototherapy is appropriate. And remember that more than 80% of babies will have jaundice within the first week of life, and it is normal. I hope that's helpful, and I'll see everyone soon.